with Yad Adishmaya, let's continue on our learning how to have a real connection and meeting with the King of Kings, with Yibona Shalom himself, from our innermost depths in our hearts. So we've spoken at length about conditional love, right? So now let's speak of unconditional love. But first we have to understand what it is. And then we're going to see how to attain it. So we know that Ahavas Hashem means to love Hashem. But what exactly does that mean? What part of a person loves the Creator? A person has three basic components. The external limbs, the internal organs, such as the brain, heart, and liver, and the deepest part, the neshama. The three parts of the soul are included in this general term. So although there is such a thing as loving the Creator with the body, and this is considered a very advanced level, as alluded to in the Pasuk, my heart and my flesh will sing to the living God, but this level can only be reached once inner love has been developed to the requisite level. And similarly, if, if, if one loves with the heart, since the heart is part of the body and it relates to external things, its love will be conditional. If one feels that he's receiving something, then he will love. If not, then he will not love. So unconditional love of Hashem can only come from the neshama. And such love does not emanate from the external limbs or from the heart, but from the neshama itself that nests in the heart. When you sense your neshama and feel attached to it, you can reach unconditional love. Nothing is constant in this world. At one time you are here and in another time elsewhere. At one time you are attached to something and another time you're separate from it. For a time a son is with his father and later the father passes on. There are connections in this world, but they are temporary. By definition, anything that is temporary is conditional. And by definition, any love that will eventually cease is conditional love. So the, the Sepharim HaKedoshim write that in Gan Eden, there is no concept of father and son. Why? Because the parent-child relationship that we recognize is based on our bodies. When the Neshama eventually detaches from all bodily feelings, there is no father-son relationship between the two souls, between the two souls anymore. There are deep connections between Neshamot as well, but that is a different issue. So true love is beyond this world. Love in this world is conditional and therefore limited. It lasts for a time and then disappears. And it may last for a long time or it may last for a short time. But in the end, it is a divine decree. The deceased must be forgotten from the heart. And this holds true with the strong loves of parent and child and husband and wife. After a year, the strong feeling dissipates. And throughout the entire 22-year period during which Yosef, was in Egypt and Yaakov thought he died, he did not forget Yosef because deep down he sensed that Yosef was alive. But he had really, had he really been dead, he would have been forgotten. And even the strongest love known in the world eventually ceases. After a wife dies, the husband can remarry. And after the husband dies, the wife can remarry. This bond then is not absolute. The nature of this world does not allow for real unconditional love. We experience various degrees of love in this world, but Pure, unconditional love cannot exist within the boundaries of physical existence as we know it. True love and yearning for the Creator as depicted in, you shall love Hashem your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your resources, require, requires you to transcend the constraints of physicality. To enter that world of love, you must first refine your more earthly qualities. And with such a foundation, you'll then be able to build an unconditional love. And as long as you don't have the proper conditional love, the ground on which you need to build unconditional love will cave in. Without a foundation, there can be no structure and no higher floors. And as an aside, 
most of us are allowed to feel sparks of the light of anashama and improve ourselves gradually until finally we are able to grasp up to to rise up above the limitation of this world and experience unconditional love and there are rare individuals who for various reasons are privileged to access their neshamot to an extraordinary degree even before they have refined their more earthly aspects and on one hand they have an advantage because they are in direct contact with their higher self and on the other hand they should be aware of the danger they face if the foundation is not solid this love can be affected by the many imperfections that are still present in their personality and such individuals should be happy with their lot but also afraid lest they build castles in the air lest they fool they 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 think fool themselves into thinking that they are more developed than they really are so what is the source of unconditional love hazal have taught us hashem the torah and israel are one unity and it's known in the numerical value of Ahava, love is 13. In the same value of, of Echad, which is one. That is to say that the true nature of unconditional love is compared, is, is a complete union to Hashem, to the extent that one merges into his oneness. And this is true love that is not dependent on anything at all. So why is this considered unconditional love? A love that's based on a superficial or accidental sense of oneness will weaken with time. Whereas an inherent oneness, like the love of a person feels for himself, will never cease. Conditional love, since it's based on expressions of love, for example, of one person receiving from another, will eventually die away. Unconditional love is rooted in the reality of Hashem, the Torah, and Israel are one unity. And this unity is due to the inherent bond of the Jewish soul with the Creator and His Torah. As Rav Chaim of Elohim wrote, this threefold bond of Israel's attachment to Hashem via the Torah is so fundamental that without it the world could not exist. So until a person has sensed the oneness of his neshama with the Creator and the Torah, his love can be but conditional. He may experience fleeting flashes of real love, but they will be fleeting and they will be flashes as, a, as opposed to the essence of love itself essence love exists only when one feels inherently unified with the creator just as a person naturally feels at one with himself so must he feel at one with the creator so we read in the torah a man must therefore leave his parents and cleave to his wife now there are two levels of the vacas attachment cleaving in a husband-wife relationship on one level it's at the vacas of two separate beings as strong as a bond may be, it is still the bond of one entity with another. On the deepest level, however, Adam Arishon was created singular as one entity together with Chava. They were separated only at a later stage. And in this sense, marriage is really a return to the original oneness. So of course, there's no guarantee that a man's bond with his wife will be on the level of the original oneness. They may bond, but since they arrived in this world separately in this particular lifetime, and perhaps in other lifetimes as well, they might only bond as two separate beings. And so it is when one cleaves to the Creator. One might cleave with the awareness that Hashem is his source, but still feel that they are two separate entities that happen to be attached. And if so, he has not attained the sense of they are one unity, stated in Hazal. A person who enters more deeply into his own soul discovers real oneness with the Creator. And this is the general definition of unconditional love. It's a revelation of the essence of the soul. So the Talmud says of the friends of Eov that when one was not well, the others knew of it, even though they lived hundreds of miles from each other. 
It discusses the method they use for divining each other's troubles. And what's the root of this ability? This ability to know what's happening to a friend who lives far away. It's the hidden power of oneness that binds every Jew to his fellow. Just as one's foot hurts, the whole body feels pain because it, it's all one. So too, when one is privileged to connect deeply with the souls of Israel, he feels their pain as his own. It's known that Sadiqim feel the pain of others. How is this possible? The hidden power of oneness that binds all souls to each other is revealed in the Sadiq's soul. And as such, when the branch suffers, the root feels it as well. So to attain unconditional love, you should adopt the process of divesting your soul from your body so that bodily conditions will hardly affect you. And this is not in order that you that you consider the body important, uh, but in order that your soul will be attached to the spiritual world. As long as the entry into the spiritual world is only occasional, there cannot be unconditional love. So the difference is here, as we said, that conditional love is external and it can come and go, while unconditional love is internal and intrinsic and can never cease. If one is only occasionally bound with the spiritual world, his bond is not yet inherent. He might be there now, but he can leave it. And such attachment is only occasional, but not constant. And so a person can only attain conditional love. Only one whose life is essentially attached to Ruknias can attain unconditional love. And this doesn't mean that you should not eat and drink and engage in physical matters. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, who did not eat and drink for 40 days while at Mount Sinai, did eat and drink when he was here on earth. Hazal teach that when it says that Moshe was an Ish Elohim, man of God, it means that his upper half was godly and his lower half was human. In other words, he didn't completely lose his humanness. So being in a world of Ruknias doesn't mean that you should fast all week or, or, or such. Rather, even while you are involved in the physical world as needed, your mind and heart must be attached to the Creator and to Ruknias. And when you live this way, there will be no fundamental difference between when you are involved in Ruknias and when you are involved in Gashmiut. The only difference will be as to what the body is actually doing. But the soul will be attached to the spiritual realm. And a human being is a composite of body and soul. At first, only the body is apparent. Only later does the soul begin to make its appearance. And from there on, there are constant fluctuations in either direction as you advance and regress. And to constantly be in, in touch with the soul and the spiritual world and, and, and as it is, as the Mesirat Yasharim states, that beyond human capability and therefore any attainment of it is purely a gift from Hashem. So when a person dies and the soul departs the body, it leaves, it, it lives, it lives in the spiritual world. But as long as it's in the body, it's subjugated to the body depending on the person's level. And naturally the body will try to somewhat lower the soul. And it's beyond the normal condition of the world for the soul to cleave to Hashem while still in the body. In this world, since the container is the body and the soul is the light, the container is going to try to pull it down, to pull down the light. And it's for the re this reason that the Mesirat Yashayim writes that this level starts with work and ends with reward, starts with effort and ends as a gift. In other words, a person must do everything in his power to live in a world of Ruknias, Ahava and the vacas to the Creator, and even reach the limits of his ability. And when he does this, Hashem will shower blessings upon you that are beyond the ability of a human being to attain. And remember, this is a very advanced level. If you have not worked on achieving the lower levels and you attempt to break through to this level, you're not going to succeed. 
It's noted that there are rare individuals whose souls are from an extremely high place and they might be able to hold on. If not, however, this is a dangerous attempt to fly before you can crawl. And one is therefore bound to fall and crash. So you have, you must have a definite yearning to reach this level, but certainly you cannot start you cannot start there. It's impossible to attain such a level unless you have transversed the entire path presented up until now. Number one, to feel simple faith is that there is a creator and the attempt to try to feel his presence. And number two, believing in specific divine providence. Number three, davening for each thing. And number four, conditional love. So when you have gone through this whole process, then you've taken care of the basic levels and have, to a certain extent, refined your physicality. And it will then be possible for the soul to radiate without the body interfering so much. However, if you have not worked to refine your physicality, it surely will act as a, ma as a magnet to pull down the soul. And at times the soul may succeed in elevating the body, but there will be at times where it will not succeed. And this is a difficult battle and is therefore generally not recommended that you place yourself in such a dangerous situation as we pray daily. Please save us from being tested. And so you have to progress responsibly. And then if you have reached the stage, you should try to enter into the realm of unconditional love. And when you have unconditional love, you have only Hashem in your life. You have no involvement with anything other than Hashem. And there were great tzaddikim who attested to the fact that they loved every Jew as much as their own children. And how could this happen? How could this be? Isn't the love of a child based on a physical relationship and therefore temporary? So when a person leaves the constraints of the body, a different kind of love appears. Not only it's, it's, is it nature's different, but it causes are different. A relative is attached because of the physical world, but love from the soul is due to the unity between the souls. And so Hashem, the Torah, and Israel are one unity. If you have reached true Ahavas Hashem, you must also have true Ahavas Israel. And just as a creator is one, so are the Jewish people one. And you must feel one with the Jewish people. If you think that you can feel Ahavas Hashem, Ahavas Hashem without true Ahavas Israel, then you better realize that you're delusional. Conditional love could exist towards Hashem and not towards people. Because only one loves someone who gives to him. He receives from Hashem, not from people, so he loves only Hashem. But when one feels a love for the Creator because of the senses of unity with him, he's exposed, his exposed neshama will feel unity and love towards all Jews. There is no, if there is no Ahavas Israel, then there can only be conditional love. And obviously the concept of unity with the Creator cannot be explained rationally. It's a deep sense of the neshama. The more you realize this unity within, the more you're going to sense a love binding you to the Creator and to the Jewish people. And we've said, we said before, as long as a certain level has not been truly attained, you cannot abandon it to further advance. To advance further, the rush to progress too quickly reflects a kind of excitement about new levels. It's not a sincere search for growth. And may Hashem, help us, Bezrat Hashem, help us to cleave to Him and to do His will forever. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve Amen.